how do we serve an awesome Jesus? Wow. <clears throat> Praise the King. Glory, 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 glory. You know, I just, I cannot imagine living where I used to live and never, and being in church every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and never having a testimony. You know, I, I thought, what kind of deal is this? Never expected one. You know, when I went to church, I mean, if we had a testimony, it was one in a million, you know, and I thought, testimonies were not something we did. But man, at this church, we got testimonies. Wow, do we have testimonies. Praise the Lord, do we have testimonies. It's awesome. And we have awesome ones. <clears throat> Isn't it wonderful to serve a God that when you learn the answers prayer? It's, I mean, woo. I didn't know that for a long time. And the enemy beat up on me. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I could do. Uh, praise the King. But glory. We're learning now, aren't we, Benjamin? Ooh, we're Benjamin. We're, I mean, Benjamin, he's learning too. I mean, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I mean, I can remember the first time I met Benjamin. We had just started the church. It wasn't a, I mean, four. We didn't have five or six or eight, ten chairs maybe or whatever. I mean, you know, the first Sunday I advertised, I, I, I mean, on the radio, I said, you know, we're going to start a church out there. I said, but by the way, if you come, I only got four chairs, so bring your own chair. <laughs> And so, yeah, that's kind of strange, isn't it? Just bring your own chair. Uh, so, anyway, we, it wasn't long till we bought a few folding chairs, you know, and uh, then, of course, as we go, things go along and things begin to increase and people begin to increase, I slowly but surely took the folding chairs out and uh, tucked them out at the other gym. And uh, we used those for healing schools out there and we began to replace them with these chairs. And <clears throat> I think we bought nearly 250 of these chairs and we got those here now. And uh, out at the healing school, of course, after Tim rented the gym to the Baptist church out there, well, we get to use their big, nice chairs. So we, our folding chairs are all sitting out over in my shop now. So uh, who knows where we'll use those someday. But that's progress, praise the Lord, I hope. Uh, you know, we're seeing the Lord, our database, of course, here, our church. This is no wise, this is no wise an example of our church. You know, when you see a uh, hundred people here, or whatever in our database, we have over 5,000 people in our database that we send tapes to. We send a thousand, almost a thousand tape of the month or CD of the month out every month. You know, so I mean, that's just a CD or a DVD to the people that want them. Uh, we don't put them on the list. They have to tell us they want to be put on the list. If they want to be put on, we put them on. And we send them a CD or a, a tape free and postpaid. In fact, I had a man the other day, uh, he said, I got your CD of the month, and he said, I put it in, and I listened to it. Now, this was, I don't know, a month or two or three ago. I don't remember which one. But he said, I have listened to that tape six times. He said, it has so revolutionized my world. Well, this man, he believed, although I teach something a little strange compared to what some people teach, the reason he can so easily believe me is not only do I teach the Word, but one night we were up in the Northeast, and I was speaking, and all of a sudden the Lord laid on my heart. He said, that woman right there with the cane, I want to heal her. I said, okay, Lord. So I walked out there, and I said, ma'am, what's wrong with you? 
And she began to tell me all these things that was wrong with her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I said, thank you, Lord. I walked back up and went back to teaching. And uh, the next day when she came back to the seminar, she was completely healed of everything. I mean, isn't God awesome? You know, I just... And so that man has really been a blessing to our ministry. I mean, you know, he has... uh, uh, he sent money to us uh, three or four times. You know, he really uh, is a, has been a blessing. Uh, you know, the guy, and he says, your teaching challenges me. He said, you know, I have a problem walking where you tell me to walk. But he said, where you tell me to walk is where God told me to walk. But he said, I have a real problem there. But he said, I know it works because I saw my mother-in-law heal when you went out and laid hands on her. And I think about Benjamin. You know, the first time I met this man up here, uh, I was walking in the church out here, and I'm coming in, and he's walking in, and I didn't know he'd been listening to me on the radio. And I had been on the radio, and that was a unique thing, the way God does the radio. You know, all of a sudden, one morning, I'm sitting there with a burning desire in my heart. I'd take a Friday off. I'm still working for a company here in Dallas, and I'd taken a Friday off so I could study and prepare for a healing school the next day. And I'm sitting there at my table in my house all by myself. And all of a sudden, this burning desire came up over me to be on the radio. I thought, Lord, what is this? I said, all of a sudden, I feel like I need to be teaching this stuff on the radio, not just at a healing school. But I said, Lord, maybe that's ego. You know, I don't know what that is. But, oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the King. Glory to God. Some, some of y'all don't know the story behind this baby. But this is the first time ever this little lady has been here. The first time ever. When she was born, she weighed what, Brittany? She weighed just under two, two, ounce, two pounds. Two pounds? She weighed just a little under two pounds, and of course, uh, we have been on the hospital and prayed over her. Many of you have been on the hospital and prayed over her, and if you, if you want to see this little lady, Brittany will walk down the aisle with this precious little thing and let you see this little lady. This is her first time ever here. Now, this is, this is James and his lovely wife, Lori's baby. This is their daughter right here, Lori, She's the, I mean, the Brittany that's carrying her around. But this baby is Lori and James' baby, and they might want to come up and say something about this, I guess, when we talk about testimonies. But this is the living proof that prayer really does work. Well, would you all like to say something to James? Praise God. Yeah, I don't know where Lori is, so hopefully she'll be in a little while. Okay, so I'll, I'll wait a few minutes until she gets out of the ladies' room. Okay, okay, praise the Lord. Sorry for but saying this that. Is, this is an awesome testimony. We will get around to... Y'all can get to see this little thing. Like I say, uh, many of you have never seen this little lady, but she's, we, ha- we have had one tremendous battle, haven't we, James? Yes, it's been a tremendous, continuous battle. Uh, definitely Satan continues to try to take her out several times, and, and uh, the prayers just continue to bring her back, and we're just so blessed. Uh, the support that we've received from all of you and all the prayers are just Tremendous, tremendous, uh, a great support, and and uh, she's she's continuing to get better. She's continuing to thrive. She's continuing to do all the things that a lot of the 
the doctor said she wouldn't be able to do. You know, they, they don't realize how they curse so many people. Um, and uh, we, you know, we politely smiled at them as they told us what she wouldn't be able to do. And, and other times, politely, we told them, you know, you will see what the Lord will do. And, <laughs> and they, they got to the point where they were starting to go, and, okay, they would tell us what they expected. And they're like looking at us going, okay, what are they going to tell us? Like, okay, that's not going to happen. I mean, how many operations they told us she would have to have. And then we said, thank you, we'll pray about it. And uh, here's my lovely wife that will join me up here. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory. Uh, yes. Yeah, Brittany, come walking up here with this precious, beautiful little thing. Glory to God. Yeah. Praise the King. Isn't it awesome? Fight over her. Who's going to carry her? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The newest addition to the Cronin family. She's How old is she now? About... Since born? Seven months. Seven months. Yes. And she was born how many months premature? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Born three months premature at about two, a little less than two pounds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, many of you have prayed with us. We prayed here in this church. We've been over there and prayed over that baby. Uh, you know, we've just, I mean, it's been a continuous prayer thing with James and his family. I mean, I don't mind telling you all now, there have been a couple of times that this battle has been so trying there's been times that some of us have almost given up. Not me. <laughs> yeah, but there has been times that we look at this and think, Lord, this is not working. I mean, we pray and then this baby's much worse the next day and they're going to have to have surgery. And you don't yield to it. Like James said, man, you stayed with it, didn't you, James? Yes, yes, we did. So, so many times, like I said, they, they were saying, well, she's got all these holes in her hearts. Some of them are normal. Some of them are not. Um, they're not going to close up on their own. We really need to go in there and do surgery. And my wife and I would say, thank you. We'll pray about it. We'll get back with you tomorrow or, or a day or two later, whatever. Because we said, and, and so we would pray about it and said, Lord, this is, this, you know, this is not right. You know, this is not right. And, and um, they would come back to us. And in that case, they, you know, we said, is there anything, what is it that, you know, requires the surgery right away? And they'd start talking about it and says, you know what, I, I guess we really don't need that surgery. She seems to be doing okay. They said, well, she needs that surgery to get off of this machine. And we'd say, okay, thank you. We'll pray about that. And we'll come back and we'll, you know, we'll tell you what we want to do. And the Lord would fix it and she would get better. And they're like, well, gosh, I guess she got off the machine without that operation. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, praise and, the Lord. And they were, they were saying, well, you know, she did have severe lung damage in the hospital, um, from, from a ventilator that they, by law, have to keep certain oxygen levels. Well, it, it's so difficult on her lungs that it basically overinflated her lungs and caused a lot of the, the uh, air pockets to expand. So there's a lot of damage, but, um, and, and they did not expect her to survive that at one point. And, you know, that was hard on us, but we knew that um, the Lord was still with her because he did not bring her in the world to have her die there. And uh, we just continued to pray over her, and, and she, she survived that. And um, I don't even know where I was going with that. There, oh, th- so, so they said, well, okay, she's, she's surviving, that's great, but she's not going to be able to eat. Everything, her reflexes are slow, everything's wrong. We said, okay, you haven't even given her a chance. Give her a chance. You know, we prayed about it, and they said, well... Okay, there was, there's a swallow test that they do. Does she have the reflexes in order to swallow so she doesn't, um, so it doesn't go down into her lungs and choke her? And they says, well, she just doesn't have it. I said, test her. Just test her. So they test her. It's like, 
Well, okay, I guess she can't swallow. And so I praise the Lord, start feeding her. You know, <laughs> glory, thank, to glory to God. They, they were not going to give her a chance. They, 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 we did meet people of faith there, so that, that was refreshing. But even their faith had its limits on what they saw. And, and we had them that said, well, in the natural, this is what we see. In the supernatural, anything's possible. And it was like, yes, yes, we're going. Yes, we know, anything is possible. So uh, just every step of the way, it required a lot of faith. We're, we're not completely home yet, but we will be. We know we will be because God's promised us that. And as, as Dave's fight was a little over a few weeks, a little, you know, a few months, you know, years almost, I mean, we, we are still standing faithful and we're just so grateful for all of your prayers standing in faith with us because we have seen God work in a lot of different ways and we expected him to, but he's continuing to work, continuing to show himself mighty. And we're just Amen. thankful and praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a powerful testimony we started out with here today. I mean, it's absolutely awesome. And we got some testimonies of all kinds. We got people that walk in all kinds of faith. And Michelle, she's got a little testimony. She's, she wants to tell us she is an animal lover and she's always working with little animals and she's always got some kind of a wonderful testimony. Well, I went to do my cat shift at the Humane Society and I saw this little creature running across the floor. Opened the door and there was blood just scattered all over the floor and I was like, like, what is this? Like, what's going on here? Went, found the little creature, picked it up. It was a possum, baby possum. So I'm being this mom for the next four months, and I was up every hour last night, and I'm not even tired. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, alive. Yeah, she's got a picture of this little baby possum here. You know, so if you hadn't seen this, uh, Michelle, yeah, she loves a little teeny thing. A little tiny thing. She she loves animals. You know, the Lord says in His Word in the book of Psalms. I was reading that this morning when I was reading that the righteous are even care for their animals. Isn't that amazing? The righteous even care for their animals. Oh, James. Okay. You got something over here? Yeah, we have someone over here. Hold on. Hi. Um, can you guys hear me? Shoot. Okay. There we go. Thurman, you prayed for me, and I um, went home and started listening to your tapes and your CDs, and then it was Sunday, uh, Easter, and I spent the whole day just listening to the Word and, and playing a video, and you were praying for another lady, and so I pretended like I was that lady, and you were praying for me again, so I'd get the most uh, prayer for my buck. And... <laughs> No, really, to encourage my faith. And so then when I got through praying, I said, okay, well, by faith I'm healed. So, Lord, do I need to go in for this surgery? On Monday, it was a little day surgery uh, involving my intestines. And um, the Lord said, yeah, you need to go because you need to hear from them that you're healed. I said, okay. So I went, went under the anesthesia. When I came to, they said, there's nothing. We didn't need to do anything. You are totally just... Healed and fine. Oh, praise the King. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to serve a God that answers prayer? What a God we serve. No, that was it. I was just, she didn't want to come up to the front. Oh, okay. So okay, didn't want to come to the front. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a God we serve. 
Now, we got lots of testimonies today. I know David and Donna, they got an awesome testimony. They want to come share theirs with us too. So praise the Lord. Y'all come on up and uh, I guess you can use this mic uh, or you can use those over there, whichever ones you want to use. This will be okay. Praise the Lord. Y'all just tell us what Jesus has done in your life. Well, first off, Abba Father, I want to thank you. I want to give you all the praise and all the glory. It's been a walk since 9-11. And excuse my tears, but they're happy tears and they're grateful tears. 9-11, David was stuck in England. And I called, and I got him on the first flight back to the U.S. Praise God for that. But ever since then, it's been the Lord coming at us financially. And so we've went through all of our 401K. We, went, we gave up all of our insurance. We're in our own business. So I said, you know, Father, we I'd always stand on the word. And I was building my faith. And, and David and I have been married last week, 36 years. Praise God. Amen. And Thurman knows our story and Cheryl. And we said, okay, we're just going to stand. And I want to thank Thurman for one thing, because through this whole process, I was going, well, it's just stuff. And that word came from Thurman. So I want to thank you, Thurman. (laughs) It's just stuff. So, you know, if I have to let everything go, it's God's anyway. It's God's stuff anyway. So praise the Lord for faith, for his constant mercy for us and for obedience on our part well we we were walking and walking and all of a sudden as of april of first of this month we had no money to pay our bills we had gone through everything and our health thank god was faithful he gave us always health and i stand on that and i praise you lord for that so i'm going okay what are we going to do so finally David had a client that was a repeat, and we had a week-long seminar, but clients don't pay right away. It's like four to six weeks later. And I said, well, you know, once the dominoes fall, they're going to fall. So the Lord was so gracious. The client paid in six days. But the thing is, you go to the bank with tens of thousands of dollars, and the bank says, well, we'll give you $100 now, 4914 days, and the rest in two weeks after that. And I said, I just stood right there and I said, Father, you know our needs. If this is your will, fine. If not, please give them the mind of Christ. So the lady comes over to me and says, Well, thank you. I learned something about the computer. The check is good. All the money will be in your bank tomorrow. Praise you, Lord. (laughs) I'll let David tell the rest of the story. Uh, Well, we have, in the 36 years we've been married, we've never been late on a payment. And uh, went through second year of Harvard Business School on credit cards. And joined IBM with more than an annual salary's worth of credit card debt, and I don't advise this to anyone. And in any case, uh, we we were obedient at the time. Father, what should we do? Whenever the request was, help this person, help this person, we never thought about where the funds would come from. And to this day, uh, we have tried to be honest and faithful. And we are, many of you know, we are... Uh, 
practicing faithful Roman Catholics. And we sought out advice and support in lots of places. And we came to visit Thurman some time ago here at, at uh, ministry. Well, here is a man of God who is clearly walking and in the word, who is faithful to the word, and was preaching in a way that was consistent with what we had learned growing up. We thought, here is a man we can learn from. So we came regularly, listened, and Donna plays Thurman's tapes in the car or CDs, and we watched a couple of the DVDs, and nothing of what he said conflicted with what we had learned growing up. So we kept listening and learning and trusting in our Lord. Amen. And from another point, here was an engineer who followed instructions. And we said, well, when have we, and six times during our 36 years married, we have been in a similar situation. And when we were brought out of it, not by our doing, but by God's, Amen. we forgot to give him the praise. This time, we give him the praise and all of the glory. This was not our doing. The client who Donna referred to asked me in December, could you do something for our senior executives for leadership and team building and negotiations? And I said yes. And I had nothing at the time formally developed, but I trusted that God would guide me. He did. They were pleased. They were so pleased that on the middle of that week, they went through. The sponsor who brought me in got promoted to be an executive vice president. She walked it through. They paid in a week instead of a month. And Donna told you the story about the rest. Another client called a very large client and said, we understand you do this training in two days where others take three. I said, yes. We also understand that you guarantee your work. I said, yes, I do. In that case, I will take your proposal to our executive committee, and I think they'll invite you in for 16 people. 16 turned into 33 people, and we said, thank you, Father, and this is enough. We know now we tie some to Thurman because he's been a source of strength for us, and we had our wedding anniversary lunch instead of dinner, and when we came that evening, Thurman blessed our marriage, and we're grateful for that. <laughs> We are mostly grateful to our Lord and Savior who has paid the price for us so that we can walk and spend our time bringing glory to God. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. We give God all the glory and the praise. He's an awesome God. I mean, just like, you know, whenever they were so down, when they were so down, just like you heard them say, you know, that God had brought them through these kind of things that brought them around the mountain six times. Well, they come around the mountain and they came out of it, you know, and then how quickly we forget, you know, and we forget so quickly and then these bad things happen to us. So whenever they were down this time and Donna was, you know, the normal woman, you know, stuff, you know, things, you know, and I just told her, I said, Donna, it's all stuff, you know, it's going to burn up anyway. What's the big deal? And so it is just stuff. And so anyway, I think that's what brought them all through. Praise the Lord. Come on up here, brother. Tell us. Did we get still on the mask still on? Okay. Praise the so. Lord. We love testimonies. I, oh, I agree. Um, and for me, it's all about giving, giving God the praise and the glory. Um, this week, I was, uh, I was, or this past week, I was traveling um, like I do every week. And um, in delays and flights and all the stuff that always ha that that happens sometimes, <laughs> uh, I ended up getting in about 2 a.m. on on Monday morning and had to get up for 
a meeting that I got had to present at. And uh, about 3 a.m., I was woken up with a real bad sore throat and was feeling really bad and um, uh, rolled over, grabbed my Bible, got on my knees, started rebuking the enemy, saying, oh, no, this is, you know, I, I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God. I command you to loose me in the name of Jesus Christ, and this is not going to stand. And um, about every hour, woke up, same sore throat, same thing. And then uh, prayed and rebuked and got uh, uh, to the meeting and called my wife. And she says, have, have you commanded your flesh to, you know, to adhere to the word of God and to conform to the word of God? And I said, no, I didn't do that. So I did that. And I said, okay, there is, no, you know, it rebuked the pain, rebuked everything that was there. It went away and uh, went through the day, went through the meeting. And I thought, okay. When the night comes, then I'm just going to collapse probably. I'll just be so tired. That's not what happened. I spent that night studying the Word and went to bed a lot later than I thought I ever would have because I was renewed under God's, you know, having faith, renewed by Jesus. And um, I'm telling you, it was all to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Glory. We love these testimonies. Praise the Lord. Okay, who's next? We got something. Come on up here. If you got one, we got them coming. My goodness gracious, come on up here. My lands give God the glory. Let's take it on. Let's do something. Jesus is wonderful, isn't he, girl? He is. He I is. give him all the glory. I can't learn the word uh, fast enough to be an evangelist, but God's using me anyway. This gentleman was, uh, became a client. And the first thing out of his mouth is he said, I know that you're a spiritual person and we serve the same God, and I'm a Muslim. And I'm going, oh, dear, how am I going to respond to this? And, uh, and so as we were talking, and I was just trying to hold my tongue and pray in the Spirit and know what to say to him, he revealed some problems that he had with his marriage and other things that were personal. And I kept giving him the Word of God and quoting where it was in the Bible, and he loved it. He loved it so much. He loved the Jesus in me. Amen. And um, he wrote a note to me, and he said, I love you. You are a gift from God, and signed his name. And he said, I cannot wait to come back to see you next week because I'd fixed his body and given him counsel, godly counsel. And he had even been to counseling to see uh, a counselor over his marriage, but it was an atheist. And he didn't get any help that way. I'm praying for his total salvation. Amen. And I ask for your prayers. Amen. Amen. Well, right now we take authority over that devil of hell that's blinding that Muslim's mind. Because we know the Word of God says if there's any lost on this earth, they're lost because the God of this world blinded their mind. So, Satan, we rebuke you. We come to the throne of grace right now, Father, and rebuke the devil over that man. Command that devil to stop blinding his mind. And, Lord, you said no one comes into the kingdom except they be drawn by the Father in John 6, 44. So, Father, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit right now to begin to convict that man of sin. Draw him into the kingdom of God. Save his spirit, soul, and body and make him a complete man for your word. And, Lord, just use that man mightily for the kingdom of God. And, Lord, it's done. When he comes back to her next week, it's done. She's going to lead him to Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the King. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory. Praise the King. Um, the Lord is so powerful. I was at work one day, and the Lord showed me this vision. I've never had a vision at work. 
and I had this vision at work, and I just saw this overflow of checks. I mean, it was just, there were so many that I couldn't count them. I mean, I just couldn't grasp them in this vision. It was just so powerful. And so um, I was like, all right, Lord, you know, <laughs> this is great. I pray for the manifestation to take place. So um, that was back in February. And so I just kept praying, you know, Lord, you know, just whenever you want this to start, you know, <laughs> go on, God, you know, I need the finances because I'm in school and just all this different stuff. And so um, what do you know? One night, it was Friday night, and my friend was knocking on my door loudly, and I woke up, and she um, came in with this little grocery bag, and it was just full of mail. And I didn't do a change of address from my last place that her and I used to live at. And it accumulated to 16 checks with about like $4,900. And I was so blessed that I couldn't stop just crying. And then the Lord brought me to Hebrews 10 and 11. And it talks about your faith, that the measure of your faith is the measure of how much God wants to bless you with. And so it was just so powerful. And even since then now, I've received even more checks. And so it's just been powerful, and there's no limits to what God wants to do in y'all's lives. So he wants us to continue, and I always lay my bills and my checkbook before the Lord constantly and just pray. And this is even before this vision and everything, that the Lord, this is him. This is his body. It's his house. It's his car. It's his bills. It's his everything. And praise God that he wants to totally increase our faith, and he wants to change us completely. And if we are bound to debt, we are bound to what Satan has for us. Amen. we're in bondage, and he does not want that for his no. believers, his children of Christ. He loves us, doesn't Amen. he? Amen. Yes, he the does. King loves us. Glory to God. Woo. We're on a roll. Let's next. Who's next? Praise the King. Come up here. Glory to God. I mean, goodness gracious, give God the glory here, little lady. Well, God was healing me one day, and he healed me from my sickness, and from my tummy aches and from my um, mosquito bites and anyways, and I said, Can, devil, I command you to get all my my um tummy ache and my mosquitoes and my um um my tummy aches. And I command you to leave me alone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, bless this little lady, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God answers prayers to babies, you know, seniors. It makes no difference. Come on up here. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Woo! We are definitely on a roll today. Thank you, Lord. Get up here on this thing with me. Stand up here and let's give God some glory. What did he do for you, young lady? He healed me. He healed you. Praise the Lord. Tell us about it. Uh, I started coming here since, I think, November. And I heard the teaching, but I didn't, I didn't respond. A lot of people have been praying for me for a while because I had... Um, my husband wants to go... To Liberia to live as his native land and two years ago I told the Lord if he wanted me to go to Liberia West Africa he would need to heal me of all the diseases that I had which were diabetes high blood pressure acid reflux thyroid high cholesterol then I was taking um, a low dose of aspirin 
to ward off heart trouble and multivitamin and potassium. So I prayed about it and nothing happened. And I was puzzled because the Lord has healed me of other things before. And I know he answers my prayers. And I had confidence in him, but this was different. I stopped praying about it for a while. But since September 05, my husband kept insisting that we need to go in a hurry. So there was pressure. I talked to the Lord again and said, if you want me to go, I need to be healed. Then my daughter sent me some, my daughter lives in uh, North Carolina, and she sent me some tapes of thermos. And we started listening to them, and we came to the church. Then um, he said, use scriptures of the promises of God to request your healing. So I started doing that. First, you confess your sins to God, ask for forgiveness, and Jesus, because Jesus did it all on the cross 2,000 years ago. All we have to do is ask whatever you want, and he will do it for you if you do not doubt. That was the part. You can't say, well, I will try and see. You have to believe. Amen. All I, um, after praying, you thank and praise him for whatever it is that you want, and God will do it for you. It is his will that you prosper as your soul prospers. So that is what I did. I stood on it, on his promises, Mark 11, 23, and 24, and had enough faith to believe that he had already done it. So as of the 1st of March, I stopped taking all medication, and I'm totally healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. You want to know why we do what we do? <laughs> we know why we do what we do, don't we? Praise the Lord. Who's next? Glory to God. Come on up here. You got, I mean, come stand up and come on. Glory to God. You got a testimony. Come up here and tell us. What God do for you? Praise the King. At a warehouse where I work, there's a gentleman that always comes by, picks up pallets and scrap metal, sells them to support his family. I hadn't seen him for about three or four months, and he finally showed up again. You know, I asked where he's been, and he hurt his back. Couldn't work. I'm like, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. He says, well, I'm not. He just couldn't afford not to be out there working. This is someone I had talked to about Jesus before, and I knew he believed, but there's a difference in believing and knowing what we need to believe. Amen. You've taught us all that. Amen. So I said, well, can I pray for you? And I prayed over him. And the devil told me, what do you think you're doing? He said, who do you think you are? And if this embarrasses you, I'm sorry. He says, you're not Thurman. <laughs> that's, what, no, that's what he told praise me. Praise God. He, if it embarrasses you, I'm sorry, brother. But that's what no he told me. Praise God. And I said, no, but we got the same daddy. Amen. <laughs> we got the same daddy. I love that. <laughs> and the Lord told me, go to First Peter 2, 24. The, the last part of that verse, 21 through 24, says, Be like Christ. And it's a wonderful description of what Christ was like. Amen. But the last part of 24 says, By whose stripes you were healed. Amen. And I said, It doesn't say you might be healed. Amen. It doesn't even say you're going to be healed. It says you were healed. Amen. He was beaten. He was tortured. I believe no one but Jesus could have lived to make it to the cross Amen. through that beating. For your healing, just tell him thank you. He went home. He said he was thinking I was kind of crazy. But he 
read a little lesson plan I had handed him, and he said it was well let out, it told the truth, and he said Saturday night he repented of not believing to the Lord, and he woke up Sunday totally healed. <laughs> when I saw him Monday, he didn't say hello. He drew his hands up and said, I'm healed! Glory to God. Hey, just like you said, you may not be me and I may not be you, but we got the same day. And we know who he is, don't we? Glory to God. That's why God made each one of us an individual. You know, each one of us is a print of our own. You know, he only made one me and one you. Praise God, but thank you, Jesus. We got the same daddy. And when we pray to him in the name of our brother, Jesus, I mean to think, the king of the universe is our daddy. He's our daddy. And he's sitting on the throne. And the best lawyer in the universe is our brother. You know, I mean, there ain't a better lawyer in the world. And our lawyer, our lawyer, our brother died for us to pay the price for our sins. So when the devil comes to us and we got our sins repented of, the case is rigged. The devil can't beat you. When you repent of your sins and pray the prayer of faith, what happens? Just like that man woke up the next morning, he's healed. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. When we give him the glory and the praise, I mean, wow. Who's got another testimony? I mean, who's got another one? Come up here. You've got another testimony? I know Cheryl's got one. If somebody's not coming, is somebody coming right here? Praise the Lord. Let's give God the glory. Praise the King. So that, that reminded me. I think it, it's on. It's on. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, that testimony reminded me of, of uh, I just want to give God the glory because I was at work one day and, uh, in fact, I ran into this um, a co-worker and she'd actually been my boss many, many years ago. And, and where I work, bosses end up being working for you and different things occasionally the way things are going. But anyways, I, I saw her one day and I stopped and talked to her and we were talking about what had been going on, where she was working and everything and, and the, the process she had gone to. She had... She had um, um, she had quit working for the company to go off and do some business, but then had to stop doing the business because her back started giving her problems. And that's when it, you know, it reminded me of this testimony. So I had told her about, you know, how just, you know, she was a Christian and how, you know, we've been praying for people and just, you know, things are, you know, God is just working and it just, you have to have faith. And, and how I told her about um, Lori's head injury and Brietta and everything. And so, uh, you know, we were talking to Juan and I says, well, would you like me to pray for your back? And she's like, okay. You know, so I, I sit on Matthew 18, 19. I just, you know, you agree, I agree, and we agree, and, and I'll pray for your back. And so I, I did a quick prayer. I was right there in the queue. We were right there in the office. Um, it wasn't out in the open, but it was, you know, those five-foot-high queues. And she, she goes, oh, I got all warm. I said, what happened? Did you get embarrassed? Could I pray for you? <laughs> she's like... No, my back got all warm. I said, praise the Lord. Well, just accept your healing and go for it. Amen. Praise so, the Lord. Yeah, so I, I ran into, I, I didn't see her for, for a month or two later. And then two months later, she came and she says, my back is healed. And I said, praise the Amen. Lord. Amen. So, giving him the glory. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. I got to tell this story right here. I think about James, when the James Center where he works. Uh, Lori had had a problem and she had fell and hit her head and she had been down several weeks and virtually unusable at home. I mean, they couldn't take care of the children or nothing. She was having all kinds of problems. And he was talking about the problem at work, and one of the guys down there, his wife had been out here. And she had heard me teach these things and had seen some miracles. And so he was telling James, maybe you ought to go out to the living Savior. And he said, well, who's that? And he said, what's well, Thurman Scrivener? 
And he said, well, I've never heard of him. And he says, uh, well, I understand miracles happen out there. James said, have you ever seen a miracle? He said, no, but my wife's been out there and she says she has. And so James said, well, okay, I need a miracle with my wife, so I'll come out there. So he came out here and that day I preached and to the end of the hour, hour and a half preaching, whatever it was, James came up and he said, you know, you don't sound crazy. You know, he says, what you're teaching is what's in the Word. So he says, uh, but I don't see prayers answered or, or, or miracles or anything much. And, uh, but he said, my wife's laying at home and said, you know, she couldn't even come today. And one of my little sons stayed home with her. And uh, I said, well, no problem, James. I said, you know, just repent of all your sins. And uh, I said, you're the head of the family. And once you repent, then we'll take this wonderful promise that James just quoted there, Matthew 18, 19. And just think, this magnificent promise from God says, if just two of us on earth agree about anything we ask the king for, he will do it for us. As long as we do it in the name of Jesus. That's a pretty awesome promise, isn't it? Well, uh, James, we did that. We did all those things. And I told him, I said, now, James, it requires faith. You've got to believe. So I said, I guarantee you, all you need to do is go home and your wife will be healed. Go home and tell your wife to get up and walk. She's healed. And James thought, okay. So he gets up and leaves out of here. And when he gets home, before he gets home, his little son had said something to Mama. Mama got the feeling pretty good all of a sudden. And he said, Mama, why don't we go for a walk? And I think she kind of thought, you know, I'm not sure I can walk down there, but I do feel pretty good. So, okay. So she gets up, and she goes with her little son, and they go for a walk. And when James gets home, there's Mama and the son already walking down the street. And Mama was... Do what? Amen, Amen, honey. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so she was healed, and Lori's been healed ever since. And, of course, it built their faith, and uh, they started praying for people, and they think, well, gee, uh, since God's no respecter of persons, if Thurman can take Matthew 18, 19 and pray the prayer of faith, then we can take Matthew 18, 19 and pray the prayer of faith. And, whoo, have they begun to see tremendous answers to their prayers, right? I mean, awesome things happen. You know, it's just wonderful what God does when you call Him in remembrance of His promises. You've got to realize that God is a faith God, and for us to see Him do wonderful things, number one, we've got to walk in obedience to His Word. You've got to repent of your sins. You can't be living in sin and get anything from God. You know, people that come to church even, you know, that don't give God six days, seven days a week. They only give Him one. You know, they don't read His Word. You're sinning. You know, when you sit down to eat and you don't bless your food, you're sinning because God told you in His Word to bless everything that you eat. He said, sanctify your food with the Word of God, with prayer, with thanksgiving. And when you don't do that, you're sinning. Anything you do that's not of faith. And like somebody said a while ago, I think it was Dave up here, he said, Lord, forgive us for our grumbling and complaining. Well, see, when we grumble and complain, that's a sin. Now, boy, it's easy to go there. I mean, it's so easy to go there. You know, I mean, I was put to the test several times this week in different places and businesses and places I went to get things that they didn't have what they told me that was that they had when I got there. You know, it's so easy to grumble about this, you know, but you've got to be so careful. 
But we can go there real easy. But when we get all of our sins repented of, and we come to the King, our King, our Lord, on behalf of His promises, He always does what He says. You know, so that's where, when I learned this principle, I mean, a lot of people didn't want to hear this principle. They didn't want to hear, hey, i got to repent of my sins. i got to give God more than one hour on Sunday morning. And maybe once in a while, if I feel good, I come back on Sunday night if they have those kind of services. Well, now, wait a minute now. If I go to church on Sunday, that ought to be all God requires. I ought to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Now, I've had people come to me that's living in sin, men and women that are not married, that are living together and having sex together that are not married. And they come to me with all kinds of sickness and disease. And they want me to get them healed. And I said, well, number one, you've got to repent and you've got to move out. And, you know, it's amazing how people don't think that's a requirement. So they tell me, okay, I repent and I'll move out. And I pray the prayer of faith for them. But they don't get nothing. And then I find out three months later they're on their deathbed. And they say, your prayer didn't work. I said, did you move out? Well, yeah, but only for a week. And then I moved back in. Well, you want to know why? I'm not the healer. The king is. And you can't, you can't lie to him, can you, Ernest? Can't lie to the king. He knows everything. I mean, he's so wonderful. I mean, I, I think about Ernest and his lovely wife there. You know, many of you have heard their testimony. They brought their granddaughter over here. She had breast cancer. We prayed for her. She got her sins repented of. God healed her. After they saw that, then Ernest's lovely wife had had a big tumor in her body for 14 or 15 years. I forget what it was, a long time. And she came up here and we found a little sin that she had had, a little unforgiveness towards somebody way back yonder. Got that repented of. We prayed for her one Sunday, come back the next Sunday, and that thing's gone. You know, she ain't had it since. And all we got to do is do what the king says, right, Ernest? I mean, it pray. I mean, just to think, you know, some people don't want to hear when I say, First of all, you've got to repent of your sin. And you can't hold no grudge against nobody for anything. But you don't know what he did to me. Well, it don't matter what he or she did to you. If you want to walk in divine health, you've got to get rid of that sin. You've got to walk in God kind of love. And if you will, hey, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I love walking in health. Don't you? I love walking in health. I don't like to have any kind of sickness and disease. And just like the young man that came up here a while ago and give us a testimony of he's walking in obedience to God's Word, but he woke up 3 o'clock in the morning with a stopped up throat, went over the sore throat, immediately instead of receiving it. You know, make sure you have no sins in your life. Make sure all sins are repented of. And then, once you've submitted yourself to God, see this magnificent promise in James 4, 7. The Lord says, submit yourself to me. See, that's just exactly in the New Testament to submit yourself to God, to walk wholly in His presence, to read His Word, to love Him, to worship Him and praise Him all day, every day. It's the same exact things in James 4 in the New Testament as Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2 is in the Old Testament. You dwell in the, to Him who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God. In Psalms 91, if you will dwell with God... And you will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my strength. You know, I think about the little lady that said, that the man says, we serve the same God, but I'm a Muslim. Oh, no, that's not true at all. I mean, 
we are two different gods, you know. Now, our God is a God of love, and she's demonstrating that to that man. But their God is a God of hate and, and destruction. Now then, you know, when you take that God of hate and destruction, and, and it, it's amazing that that's not the same God we serve. They're two different gods. So anyway, you've got to learn to stand on that word and do what he says. And if you submit yourself to God in the New Testament, in other words, just, the Lord didn't say the devil wouldn't come by your house and put you to the test. He'll do that, won't he, Donna? Oh, you know that. I mean, he'll come by and put you to the test. And then when you think you're beat plumb down, you know, and when you come to me and talk about all these things, and I said, Donna, don't worry about it. It's just stuff. It's going to burn up someday anyway. It's just stuff. Just things. Don't worry about it. I said, one day, who knows? You know, all that stuff, you may get rid of all that stuff, and then one day God will bring it back up and you get some new stuff. Amen. You know? I mean, is that right? Sure, you get some new stuff. And then you're going to think, oh, God, all that old stuff. You know, in fact, you might be like one of the evangelists I know of. Him and his wife was broke. I mean, didn't have nothing. Preached the word over, over the years. He's learning tremendous things. And all of a sudden, the Lord gives him a book. And he writes a book. And while this book's out there being published and everything, they get down to the point where they don't have nothing left. Just barely going. And then, when the book hit... They were invited to come to California to do, to a church to do some great things that was going to do great things in their life. And they thought, well, we don't even have enough money to move. So what we'll do, we'll just sell this stuff. Well, this stuff was so old, they're up in their 60s and 70s, and they'd had this stuff so long, they found that it was antiques. And it was worth something. It was worth more than they'd give for when they bought it new. So some antique dealers come in and they bought everything they had and they were blessed abundantly. They went to California. That was the beginning of a great walk with God and how he blessed them. But they had to give away their stuff, you know. And then they went out there and bought some new stuff and had money left over. So, you know, you got to realize that God, he is not in the stuff business, you know. He's in the soul and the fruit business. And he tells us to go and do great and mighty things for his kingdom. He's in the business of saving souls. He's in the business of healing bodies. He's in the, in the business of setting the captive free. But if we don't do what he says, if we don't walk in obedience to his word, we've not submitted ourselves to him. And by not submitting ourselves to him, we open the door to the devil. And the devil comes in to steal, kill, and to destroy. And you don't want to go there. So when you get sick and afflicted, somehow, some way, you've opened a door to a devil. You know, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, me being a devil coming in me, oh yeah. You know, that's exactly what's wrong with us. And we give place to the devil. But all we got to do is do what God says. And once we repent and then rebuke the devil, the good part about that is the Lord said, when you submit yourself to me in James 4, 7, now you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I like that, don't you, Ernest? I love that part. So, And that day we rebuked that devil and commanded him to take that tumor out of his lovely wife's body and commanded it to leave in the name of Jesus. I mean, ain't nobody no happier than her besides me when they come the next Sunday and said, praise God, that thing's gone. After 15 years, all we can say is praise the king. Because I didn't take it out. The king did. You know, now, now uh, his wife, Esther, she had a little statement. She said, she said, I had another friend that had the same problem. The same time, about the same time I did, and she went and had hers removed and said she died. Wasn't that, wasn't that right, Ernest? She died, so she elected not to have hers removed. 
So she had been carrying that thing all these years. Wasn't it about 15 years? 15 years she had that tumor. And so when we prayed, after getting rid of sin, and when she got her sin repented of, just like everybody, I teach everybody that. Everybody that's been healed has repented of their sin. I mean, sins of unbelief, sins of doubt, just like David and Donna. I mean, great Christian people, people that love God with all their heart. Study the Word. This man studies the Word. Donna studies the Word. They happen to come out of a Catholic church. But hey, we study the same book. Their Catholic Bible has just a few little things in it ours don't. But I'm going to tell you here a while back when I went to Ireland, I took a Catholic Bible and I went over there and everywhere I read in that thing, it said exactly the same things my King James did. I mean, the, the words, maybe some of the words were a little different. But I'm telling you, I went to Belfast, Ireland, Cheryl and I did, and I took, for in three days' time, I took a Catholic Bible that I'd never opened, I'd just bought it, and spent eight hours marking it up on the way over there, and I lit the fire of a bunch of Catholics over there, and what was the deal? They were looking at their Bible, and they had been told not to study their Bible. Isn't that sad? I mean, that's got to be the enemy. So here, I told him, I said, all the answers to life's in this book. And we begin to read that book. And man, before I left over there, I mean, we had set some Catholics on fire for Jesus. Hey, Jesus don't care if you're Catholic. He don't care if you're Church of Christ. He don't care if you're Baptist. He don't care if you're nothing. All he wants you to do is be his sons and daughters. That's all he wants. And so get, let's get over this nonsense of who's Catholic, who's Methodist, who's Baptist, and all this stuff. Let's just get over, hey, are you my brother in Christ? Now then somebody says, oh yeah, I'm Thurman's brother in Christ. Okay, now let's find out if you're my brother in Christ. If you're my brother in Christ, you're going to walk in love. You're going to do what the king says. You're going to honor him. You're going to do good things for the kingdom of God. If you're not doing those kind of things, you ain't my brother in Christ. You may say you are, but you're not. You know, if you're not out there working, making your money, if you're around conning people out of money, you ain't my brother. You know, you need to be making your own money. Did Paul say, let him that not be idle? He said, let him get out and work. Did he? Did he say that? He said, if, you, if you're able-bodied and you don't work, you don't eat. Is that what Paul said? So, hey, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. Who says they're your brother in Christ? You need to make sure that they're working, you know, that they're about the Lord's business. They're doing great things for the kingdom. The Lord says we are to make money so we can give to them in need. But you need to check out those people that are in need. Sometimes they're not in need. You have to be careful who you deal with today. And I'm telling you, I've had several people in my life sin against this ministry since I've been here. Several. You know, that have done things that did not line up with the Word. But that's okay. I'm big enough to handle it because i got a king that's big enough to take care of it. So I don't have any problems. I'm going to walk in obedience to the Word. I'm going to walk in love. And I'm not going to talk evil about no individual. I'm just going to do what the king says, Lord. I mean, they're your children. If they say yours, I turn them over to you. You judge them righteously. So, Lord, I'm going to walk holy in obedience to your Word. I used to not understand when I would, I would hear, I'd hear Kenneth Copeland. He said, I've had people come against me this week, and he'd, be, he'd say, you know, may the Lord deal with you. But he said, if you are my brothers in Christ, I'm going to love you. And I, did, I wasn't where he was at that time. I thought, no, man, I mean, I'm, them people doing that to me, I'm going to reach out and get them and knock them out. 
But Kenneth Copeland was a long ways ahead of me. You know, he had reached a point that I had not reached at the time. But we're on that scale trying to get there now, right? We're going to walk in that God kind of love. Because when we walk in that God kind of love, that's when God answers your prayers. And that's why Kenneth gets his prayers answered. And that's why I get mine answered. Because I am doing everything I can to walk in the God kind of love. Praise God. Next testimony. Cheryl's got one. Let's hear. Let's see what she's got. Praise the Lord. Glory. I know she got a couple of them. Well, you know, I've been having to answer the prayer request because Gloria has taken a sabbatical up to Oklahoma and Louisiana to save her family because she has this urgency in her heart that the Lord's coming soon, which he is. We all know that. So anyway, um, but, you know, I pray here for people. I pray different places. Anyway, so I get this phone call Friday, and this lady's name is B. She lives in Longview. And she says, you don't remember me? And I said, I guess not, because <laughs> we meet a lot of people. And she said, well, you prayed for me a year ago. She said, I had lupus, and she said, and it was healed. And I didn't even know it. But what it was, yeah, clap for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Praise the King. Glory to God. But what was really neat about that, after she said it, then I remembered I was standing back there, and she came up to me, and she said she had lupus. And I said, well, you don't have to have lupus. And I said, hey, Rosemary, come here. Sharon, come here. And so, you know, I admitted her sins, quoted John twenty twenty three. You can forgive anybody's sin. Did that, you know. And then uh, I think we prayed the prayer of agreement, Matthew eighteen nineteen, because there were four of us standing there. And then we didn't even know. She got healed right then. She'd had it for 12 years. 12 years. So that was such a blessing to hear that. So that pumped me up Friday. Okay, so then Saturday we had a healing school. And Christy um, has a small partner in a restaurant, Stan. He's a very godly man. And he's been getting hold of Thurman's teaching. He's been going on his website. And he, he talks to him when he comes to the restaurant. They talk a lot about the Lord. And so anyway, he came to healing school Saturday. And so after he left... I didn't know anything that had happened. And when I got last night to the restaurant, Christy uh, Stan came up and he said, I healed somebody today. And I said, you mean Jesus healed somebody today? And he said, yeah, yeah, that's what I told him. I said, well, tell me what happened. He said, well, I had this kid up on the He said, in fact, he's here. And he said, I had this kid up on the house because I was cutting the limb down and I was letting it fall real easy. And I told him to grab hold of it. And when he did... The limb hit in such a way that it slammed him in the face and knocked him six feet off of his feet up into the air because it, you know, hit him in such a way. And he said when he came down, he was gurgling with blood inside, you know, his voice was, and he, he was starting to swell. His whole side of his face was swelling. And he said, well, you believe in that Jesus can heal you, don't you? And he told him, yeah, his name was Kyle also. He said, and Kyle said, yeah, I believe. And he said, well, he's going to totally restore your face, and you're going to be in perfectly, you know, no problem at all in Jesus' name. Well, he called Kyle over to me, and he says, look at him. He had one little bitty scratch on his face and one little bitty scratch on his arm. He was totally healed. And, of course, that boosted Stan, and that boosted Kyle. And so we got, we got everybody on fire over there at Little Pete's in Lake Grapevine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Jesus went into the highways and the byways. You know, I mean, over there at Little Pete's Restaurant, which is Christie's Restaurant, her and a few others have gone together and bought that restaurant out there on the lake. And uh, ever, not every Saturday night or Friday and Saturday night, but every once in a while, Cheryl goes out there and sings with her. 
they sing to the people that come to eat and to kind of entertain them for a few hours. And so I go out there once in a while and have a meal myself. And I went out there here a while back, and there was one of the gentlemen there that... You talk about the grace of God. There's a man out there that doesn't even go to church. You know, he doesn't even go to church. I don't hardly ever. I don't know if he goes on Eastern Christmas, maybe. I think if that's it, maybe that's it. But anyway, I found out while I was there that he loved to do sports, and I think he's in his 50s. Yeah, he was a really, really a, a, a sports enthusiast. And his arm had started giving him a problem, and he couldn't do it no more. And I told him, I said, well, gee, Jesus, as a healer, I'll pray for you. Now, I know this man is not uh, really a faith person, so I'm not even going to ask him to repent of sins or anything. I'm just going to use my faith. Jesus told me, and these signs shall follow them that believe. You shall go into the world and lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's what the king said. Now, I've done that for many people that didn't know Jesus. And I prayed for people I didn't even have time to talk to them about Jesus. So since I knew this man and knew he was not really walking in obedience to God's word, I thought, Lord, I forgive his sins and I ask you to forgive his sins and I ask you to be merciful to him and heal him. I reached up and touched him and said, be healed in the name of Jesus. The other night, we were out there. Ty was out there with me. That's the night Ty was out there with me. We went out to have dinner out there, and then we were going to go on to the house. And that man walked up to me and said, Thurman, I'm completely healed. Praise God. You know, I have no problem. He said, I'm playing ball again. I'm doing everything I want to do. Now, you talk about a mighty king. He will even heal the people, even lost people, people that... Don't serve him. You talk about the mercy of God. And whose faith does he use to do that? Yours. Now then, just think. If you and I are walking in obedience to his word. If we're walking in obedience to his word. Walking in love. Doing what the king says. That's where he said. And those magnificent promises. Like Matthew eighteen nineteen. It's easy for a couple like James and Lori that are walking in obedience to the Word of God to take that because two are in agreement. But I couldn't use that scripture with this man because he and I are not walking in agreement. He's walking in the world and I'm walking in faith. So, man, we're on, we're on different ends of the spectrum. But God didn't put a limitation in His Word. I had to have an agreement. He says in John fourteen thirteen. Anything I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He will do it for me. Now, if I'm walking in love, what can we get done with that, Ernest? Exactly what the King said. When we walk in the God kind of love, we walk in His Word, and we do what He says, then He says, come and ask me for anything, and I will do it. And so I stood on that, and it happened. I got so tickled when the young man said, The devil told him, you're not Thurman. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? I love that. that, You know what that reminds me of? One day Paul is out there casting out demons. And then one day there was seven sons of Sceva out there casting out demons. And they said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, come out of him. And that devil looks up in him and he said, 
Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Now, if you don't know that Jesus, but that young man knew the same Jesus that I did, didn't he? So when the devil says, well, you're not Thurman, he had a good answer. He said, but Thurman and me got the same daddy. Praise God. And then he prayed that prayer of faith. Woo! Don't you love it when people get healed like that? I love it when people come. And just think, today we've had an awesome day of testimonies. And good grief, it's almost 20 minutes to four. Michelle's got another one up here. She just can't stand it. <laughs> What's going on, Michelle? Well, about a week ago, I cut my finger with the apple core right down my bone, and there's no mark, nothing. Amen. Praise the King. That little girl, she's learning how to walk in faith also. Now then, we got another one? Praise the King. My goodness, this is going to be a day of testimonies. Come on up here, praise. Stand up here on this and let's give God the glory. Hi. Um, four years ago, I was going to cry. Four years ago, I was so had two years to live. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, give her strength. In the name of Jesus, Lord, give her strength so we can hear her. We want to hear what this what God did for you. And I did not tell my husband that until actually two months ago. He had no clue that a doctor had told me that. I um, had been living in sin, and I didn't even know the areas that I was being so disobedient in because I was a prayer warrior, and I thought I was doing everything the Lord wanted me to do. But I had missed several things in the Bible. I had been deceived, and um, I did not realize that. And I did not allow the Lord into my heart to give up things, material things. And I don't mean clothes, I mean my children. Um, I couldn't give things to the Lord that I thought I have to control them. And he showed me that. Um, but I went to the doctor. They said, we cannot find anything wrong with you. But what we do see is that your body is shutting down. But we don't know why. We have no clue. So they said, we, we give you two years. There's nothing we can do for you. I was allergic to medication, to medication since I was a child. And they said, you can try this. And they said, we made great, great advances in 20 years, you know, with medicines. And I said, that just about shortened it less than two years. And I quit. I said, you know, God, I have served you since I was 11. I gave my life to you for a ministry since I was 14. And I thought I was doing you well. I got into disobedience in my teenage years, which is most prominent for most in my family. That's where it starts. In my generational, that's where it has started. And the Lord showed me at that moment, generational, honey, generational. And you just started cleansing me four years ago in the book of James. I was reading it. Literally in my closet every night. I had just had my last child at home. We had all of our kids at home. I was totally obedient to God. I had no pain. But I had not repented of the things that I had done during the time that I was disobedient. I did not repent of any of that. I didn't think you had to. I knew at that point when he was showing me in James and through Matthew and on. I did not read the Old Testament a lot at that time because I was so confused as it was. But he really, he has totally brought me back. Totally. Totally, and praise God, I would not be here today. 
And I told God, I said, I need to get into church and ministry that has this word. And my husband Nelda said, I am to go to Thurman. It's not Thurman. It's what God has given him to teach me the way that I could be taught. And he was like, I don't know if we should go there. I said, I have to go. I have to go. So that's why I'm here. And I thank God for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Wow. Do you know when we were up north one here a while back, I was talking about repenting. You can't get anything from God till you repent. And one of the ladies stood up and she said, Thurman, Jesus came and he healed the sick. He didn't tell them to repent. I said, ma'am, you were reading a different Bible than the one I'm reading. I said, uh, Jesus' first words out of his mouth when he walked into the synagogue was repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I said, that's what he was teaching, repent. I said, and he sent a messenger in front of him, John the Baptist. And he only told John to preach one thing. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I said, I'm sure the people got tired of hearing this message. This guy's walking out here, jumping around, screaming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your wicked ways, you bunch of sinners. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's all his message was, was repent. You know, kind of like the preacher, <laughs> the church hired a new preacher. And the guy came in and uh, he spoke one Sunday and they thought, man, what a great message he had. Well, they come back the next Sunday and he had the same exact message. And, I mean, word for word, letter for letter. Well, after about four or five weeks, same message every Sunday. The deacon said, you know, you're a great preacher and that's a great message. But don't you have another one? He said, oh, yeah, I got several. But he said, I'll preach a new one when you all do what I asked you to do in that first one. <laughs> so that's kind of like God. I've come to learn about the Lord, something I've come to learn about him. Do you know that if you're reading the word and you and pay very close attention because this happened to me and this could happen to you. And this may be why some, some of you don't hear God's voice and why he doesn't do anything for you. You're coming along in the Word, and you're reading the Word, and all of a sudden, He quickens you with something He wants you to do. And you look at that, and you thought, boy, that jumped off the page at me, or that walked on my toes, or whatever. I either need to do that, or I need to repent. But somehow, He's talking to you right there. And you said, well, no, okay, God. You meditate on that a little while, and you say, okay, I'm going to keep reading. And you don't do what He told you to do right there. And you read, and you read, and you read, and you read two or three, four, five books. Not just the book of Matthew, but you read the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and you didn't get nothing. And you thought, Lord, I was doing good until I got to the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I don't understand this no more. And then you go to him and say, Lord, why? He said, I told you to do something right there, and I quickened your spirit, and you disobeyed me, so I do not give you any more revelation until you go back and do what I told you to do right there. Oh, hey, Lord, I didn't realize it was this serious. He said, it's not, only if you want to see me do something. I don't know about you. Don't you like for God to answer your prayers? Hey, I love love these testimonies. You know, I love these people that get set free. I love these people that learn how to take the Word of God and go ahead and act on it themselves. That's what I love about teaching God's Word. 
And I think about how many years I was in a church that we never opened the floor for testimonies because we didn't have none. We didn't have any. Now, I, I, I remember one Sunday. This was a unique Sunday. And we had a time, a unique time in church. And one of the young men got up and he told a story about how his mother was dying with cancer. And there was nothing the doctors could do. And then there was a lady got up and told about how her five-year-old had died due to some kind of sickness. And then another man got up and told about something very serious that happened to his wife and how she passed away. And after three of these, I'd had it. You know, I can't stand it no more. I get up and I walk up to the front and I said, you know, I realize these are all three planned testimonies. You had asked them in advance because they were up here. But I said, I have these people's answer. He said, what do you mean? I said, I have a God that can set these people free. I have a God that can heal these people. I have a God. If you'll let me give a testimony, I'll tell them how to get set free and how to get healed. He grabbed me by the hand and he said, Thurman, I'm not going to allow you to say a word. You go back to that chair and you sit down and don't you say a word. That happened to me in a Baptist church. A church I'd been in for years. And I went back to that chair and I sat down and I thought, God, I don't understand. I don't understand how your people, your men, your pastors can read this book and not understand this book. There's something wrong here, Lord. I don't understand it. So I just sat down and kept my mouth shut, just like he told me to do. And then at the end of the service, I'll never forget this day as long as I live. How we are deceived. He said, you know, we had a great day of testimonies today. I thought, a great day of testimonies? Them three testimonies were great. They're great if you're working for the devil. But they ain't great if you're working for God. I mean, I didn't say nothing. I just thought, I wonder what he's going to say next. He said, we had a great day of testimonies. But he said, the devil almost ruined it. But I stopped it. The devil almost ruined it. But I stopped it. If you're sitting in that church and you're a spirit-filled man of God walking in the, or a woman and walking in the gifts of the Spirit, then you understand what happens when you go to a place like I went to Big Sandy and spoke to 3,000 people. And one of the men here was there for those two days. I didn't count them. But one of the men that's here in this church told me that was down there that in the hour and a half the first day, and the hour and five minutes the second day that Jesus got 13 standing ovations from 3,000 people. All I was doing was teaching the Word, quoting the King James Bible, and telling about what God did with certain promises from the Word of God. And the first day, an hour and a half of teaching, and of course we have the teaching back there, it's called God's Power. If you're interested to see what I said that day, it's at Big Sandy, and it, it's called God's Power. And I talked an hour and a half, and the next morning at the men's breakfast, many of the people there crucified me with what I said. 
But they were all pastors of churches or doctors of theology. None of the people. And the next day, I was going to teach, and it's called How to Get a Lost Person Saved, because that next morning, Brother Bill, he asked me to teach on a certain subject. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up and said, I don't want you to teach what Bill asked you to teach. I want you to teach on this. And he told me exactly what to do. So when Bill came in, he said, Thurman, I caught so much flack this morning. He cut me back in the electrical room, a little tiny room with cords laying all over the floor, and shut the door. A little room about this big square. He said, Thurman, I caught so much flack this morning about your talk yesterday. He said, you're going to be so careful what you say today. I said, Bill, you don't have to worry about what I'm going to say today. He said, what do you mean? He said, the subject I asked you to teach about is a very controversial subject, but I knew you could handle it. I said, no, Bill, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to talk about what you said. He said, you're not? I said, no. He said, what are you going to teach on? I said, the Lord woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning to give me the message, and he told me exactly what to say to these people. He said, Thurman, what was it? I said, Bill, we got five minutes. We've got to be on the air in five minutes. I said, I don't have time to tell you what God... I said, don't, you, this is where you're going to have to learn to trust the king. I said, he's the CEO of the church. He runs this thing. And I said, if he told me to do something, all you've got to do is trust him. I'm going to do what the king said. And not what you said. And so then I've got an hour and a half, supposedly, to do this. And he goes out and he is sweating bullets. And he goes out there, literally, and takes the first 25 minutes of my time telling people, you know, I mean, I wished I had that on tape, but they didn't record that. But he's teaching the people, you know, Thurman is a man of faith. And you really can't tell what people of faith are going to do. (laughs) You know, so, you know. That's like Dr. Ben Smith up here at Lakeland. He was my pastor 20 years, and he tells me even to this day, when I see him, he said, Thurman, I'm uncomfortable when I'm around you. He said, you challenge me. I never know what you're going to do. Wow. You know, I mean, just like the day that he, he preached the funeral for Betty and Amanda. And I told him, I said, I won't do anything unless God tells me. But I said, Ben, if while you're preaching, if you see me get up and start toward the casket, you'll know that God told me to raise those two girls from the dead. I said, I won't do it unless God tells me. But I said, if you see me get up, head toward them caskets. I said, just stop preaching. Boy, he said, that made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> but see, faith. Ben knows me well. Dr. Ben Smith, he knows me well. I was, I was a deacon under him, and he loves me, and I love him. He's a great man of God. But he's not the great man of faith. You know, he's just a pretty normal Maybe not quite normal Baptist, but you know, he's a little on the, little on the higher side, I'd say. He is a great preacher. But, you know, I mean, I stepped into a world of faith that he's uncomfortable with. And he tells me, you know, and uh, he's called me to his office before. And I've gone over and sat down with him and talked to him. He said, Thurman, how do you get these things done? I said, by faith, Ben. All you got to do is take the Word of God, you know, and act on it. Do it. And, uh, oh, Thurman, he said, you know. And so, but I said, no, Ben, you got to start doing something in faith. You've got to do something in faith. You don't walk up to a man and say, Oh, I know you've got a financial need. I'm going to ask God to do something wonderful to you. And maybe if it's His will, He'll help you. Maybe. No, you don't pray a prayer like that, do you? 
You know it's God's will to bless His children. We know the enemy is out there attacking us. And when you get a hold of the enemy and you rebuke him and drive him away and ask the Lord to send angels to do something great, to move upon the hearts of men and women, to bring people to Brother David and Donna so they can their business can flourish, so they can not just be blessed a little, but they can be blessed abundantly. Lord, thank you, it's done, because it's written in your word. You're the one told us to pray like this, so Lord, we're coming into the throne of grace bold as lions. Lord, we know that you promised to bless us. Now, if you want to go through life with that poverty mentality, go ahead. You know, I don't like it. You know, I like to be blessed. I like the Lord says, you know, go out and work. Make money so you can be blessed, so you can be a blessing to others. Now, how in the world are you going to be a blessing to others if you ain't got enough money to meet your own bills? You can't. You have no idea. None of you have any idea how much money this ministry has given away to people in need. You know, some of you have been recipients of it. You know, I've given money to people, many people, you know, but people are blessed. You know, when they have a need, the devil's beat up on them. Hey, if I move to give you money, I give you money. Or if somebody comes in and wants to borrow money from me, I give it to them, never expecting anything back. That's the only way you can not be offended if they don't pay you back. You know, if they say, I want to borrow some money, I need to borrow $1,000. i got to have it to pay my bills. Okay, if I feel moved to give you the $1,000 or $100 or whatever it is, if you come in and say, I need $100 to pay my electric bill, I really beat up on the devil this week, i got to have $100, $200. Can you, can you let me have $200? Sure, if I give you that $200, I don't ever expect to see it back. If I give it to you, but I don't expect you to come next month and tell me the same thing. Hey, next month, if you've got two arms and two legs, I expect you to be off your duff out there working, doing something. And if you make, if you come, this is like a guy coming here the other day. He told me he wanted some money to help him out to pay his electric bill. I said, okay. He said, would you loan me $200 to pay my electric bill? I said, yeah. So I gave him $200. Six months later, I ain't seen him again. He said, I'll pay you back next Sunday. He wasn't back. Six months he comes back. And he comes back and he never said a thing about giving me the money back. So I thought, okay, well, I give it to him, no problem. But that day before he left, he wanted to know if I wanted to help him out with $1,400 more. I told him no. He said, would you let, we're doing something for somebody else and I need $1,400. Would you like to help us with $1,400? I said, no. You know why? Well, because he lied to me the first time. Amen. You know? If every time you come to this church, all you do is ask me for money, I tell you, it ain't going to be long until I'm going to ask you to, hey. You, know? you see where I'm coming from? I'll help you if you've got a need. I'll help you if you have a need. I'll pray the prayer of faith for you so you can be blessed. But if all you do is want money every time you come to this church, I'm going to say, hey. And if you're able-bodied, you know, get out there and get to work. Because the Word says that if you're able-bodied and you don't work, you're not to eat. Did you know, let me give you what we were talking about this. There was a woman one time come to me, and she's about 55 years old. And she said, Thurman, i got to have money to pay my rent. I said, okay, how much is it? She told me. So I said, I'll go up and pay your rent. So I went up to the apartment, and I paid her rent. And then one day, she told me, she said, i got to have money for groceries. I, okay, so I give her 60 bucks or whatever to pepper buy a few groceries. And then next month she called me and she said, I got to have 300 more dollars to pay my rent. Said, okay, okay, I'll help you one more time. I said, get out there and find you a job, woman. I said, you're well able to work. Amen. You know, there ain't nothing wrong with you physically. Get out there and find you a job. 
In fact, I prayed her in a job, and she worked a week and didn't like it and quit. Okay, now then, now we got a problem here. So then this woman came to me and said, Shit, I need more money to pay my rent. I said, No, I ain't going to help you again. I said, You're not working. You're able to work. She said, It's your job as a pastor to take care of the widows. I said, You want to show me that in the Word? And she said, Well, I know I've read it. I said, You better go read it good. I said, what do you mean? I said, Well, first of all, it says you've got to be over 60. You've got to be a widow over 60 for me to take care of you, and then you're to have no family. I said, if you've got family, your family's supposed to take care of you, or they're worse than an infidel. I said, you've got all kinds of brothers and sisters and mother and children of your own, and it's not my job to take care of you. It's their job to take care of you. And I said, you're not over 60. And then it says, to women that have washed the feet of the saints. I said, you ever wash anybody's feet? It says, them that have raised your children according to the glory of God. I said, did you raise your children according to the glory of God? Have you been married three or four times? Have you been through hell on this earth? I said, man, you don't meet any of the requirements of the Word of God as a widow in the Word of God. Now, see, people don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear it. You've lived in sin all of your life? You've lived in sin all of your life, and then you're going to throw it in my face. It's my job to take care of you because you're 55 years old, and you ain't got a job, and you ain't got a husband. Hey, it's not the church's job to take care of you. That's kind of tough stuff, isn't it? But what I'm telling you right now is written in the Word of God. Guarantee, I go by the standards of the Word. If you want to get to be a widow and you expect the church to take care of you, you better be married one time. You better have been a good wife. You better took care of the saints. You better have raised your children the way God says, and your children must be serving God. And And then you get to be 60, then the church will take care of you. But today, there ain't many women out there like that. You know that? There's not many that meet the criteria. But if you don't believe me, you go read it in the Word. That's what the Word says. So, I'm telling you, we are to be men and women of integrity. This is what I'm trying to say. We are to be men and women of faith. The church is to be a unique instrument. It's to be an instrument that's walking holy before God. Do you all understand that? We are to be unique. And we're to be walking holy in obedience to God's Word. We are not to be living in the world. We are to be unique and different. And we are to be walking in love. And we're to be willing to pray the prayer of faith for anybody. But when anybody comes to us, we're to be willing to tell them, Hey, if you come into the kingdom of God and get saved, now then there's requirements. You are to walk holy before God. You are to study His Word. Not just read it. You are to study His Word. And then you're not to talk evil about nobody for nothing. And it's, it's, it's dangerous today. I mean, I think about the times that we call people's names and pastors and talk evil about them. Do you know that God says in His Word, in 1 Peter 3, He says, To him that would have a good life and see good days, a long life and see good days, refrain your tongue from speaking evil about others. Now, who would have ever dreamed that you can start talking evil about somebody and come down with sickness and disease? Come down with cancer, you know, brain tumors, all kinds of things. You can come down with everything known to man if you don't do what the Word of God says. Who would ever dream that just stop producing fruit for the kingdom of God? 
brain brain tumors. I've seen it. I've seen people that went to church all their life, and all of a sudden, they just stopped going to church. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm 60 years old, 62 years old, whatever. I just retired. I got a motor home, and I mean, I went to church. I was a deacon in the church. So praise God, me and my wife just going to travel around the country and see the country. Where are you going to go to church? Ah, oh, well, you know, we probably won't go much, you know. We're just going to travel around and see the world. I had a man tell me that one time. Was a deacon in the church. You know what happens to those kind of people? They die. Absolutely right. They die. Let me tell you something if you hadn't figured it out. You're not here to make your stuff that we talked about, Don. You're not here to build a house full of stuff. You're here to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. And the Lord told you and me, as far as I can tell in the Word, there is no retirement package for preachers. That means children of God. Because if you're a child of God, you're a preacher. You're a saint. And you are to be about the king's business and producing fruit for his kingdom. And if you will produce fruit for the kingdom of God, and you'll be about the king's business, and you'll submit yourself to him, and you'll do what the king says, I can guarantee you when you get in the word, if you do what God says, you can do it with virtually no sickness and disease. Now the devil can, and you can do it, if you'll give him the glory every time, he will meet all of your needs. Because he promises it in his word. Now, you may not be a millionaire. You know, some people have millions of dollars. But if they have millions of dollars, they continue to have millions of dollars. They're going to use it for the glory of God. You know, you're not going to say, well, let's see, I made my first million. And here's my first dollar. I got it on the wall right here. This is my first dollar. And I've kept all of them since then. You see anything wrong with that? See? Now, that man, the Word of God says, that man will die in poverty. That don't make no sense. But that's what the Word says. The Lord says, to him that gives, you will even be wealthier. That don't make no sense either, does it? Not to us it doesn't. But in God's kingdom it does, doesn't it, David? So, see, when you read the Word, you find out... That just like this guy, you know, that you see down here, several of these guys, you see standing on the street corner begging once in a while. You know, if you give one of those something in the name of Jesus, you're on safe ground. You say, but he's, maybe he's a druggie. That don't make no difference. If you give it to him in the name of Jesus, you know, you tell him, hey, this is from Jesus. Now use it for the glory of God. You know, if you give him $5, God will be going to be obligated to bless you. It don't matter what that guy does with it, or the woman, or whatever. But if you give it with the right intent of heart, God's going to be obligated to bless you. He says, he, he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. So when you sow your seed into the kingdom, wherever it is, church or, or ministries or, or television ministry or whatever it is, when you give any ministry money, you ought to give it gladly and saying, Lord, I ask you to bless that minister and bless me because I'm sowing my seed into the kingdom. And if you'll do that, you won't never have to be concerned about having enough money to meet your needs. But you've got to give him the glory, right? I mean, that's what David and Donna both told me a while ago. Six times, I believe, they said they went around that mountain. And every time they come out, it looked good, but they failed to give him the glory. Well, you don't just give it to him one time. I mean, you tell, him, tell people daily, oh, God, he's our God. And he's the one that blessed us. He's the one. We ask Him to send forth His angels to bring them people in. I got this business I got because I'm a son of God. My wife's a daughter of the King. And He's blessing us because we honor Him in everything we do. 
He's the one that's behind this. And he's, he says, I am the one that gives you the power to get wealth. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, he says, to further my kingdom on the earth. Somebody said, well, I thought surely you give so that I can, you know, fatten my pocketbook so I can go buy what I want to when I want to. Well, as long as you're giving God the glory and you're tithing and doing what He's supposed to, if you've got enough money left to buy you a new car out of it, so be it. You know, buy you a new car. You know, no big deal. He'll bless you. But if you're, if you're taking God's money and you're driving that car and you ain't giving Him nothing, you're driving a stolen car. And I guarantee He ain't going to bless you. He's not going to bless you. And then when sickness and disease comes down, you know, you might really... You know, think, what's going on here? I used to have a good job. In fact, there was a man, i got to tell you this story about this. There was a man that was going to church where I was going years ago in a Baptist church. And I went over to his home. He was having troubles just like they were. And I went over and I asked the Lord to bless him. And I asked him to repent of his sins and everything. And then we, I, I told him, I said, but you're not tithing. He said, well, no, I can't tithe. I'm only making $150 a week. I said, well, give God $15 of it. And Thurman, I came, I said, no, 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 no. I said, if you don't do what God says, you will never be blessed. Well, anyway, he started giving $15 a week. And he said, Lord, I mean, it's written in the Word. I had to show him in the Word. Man, he wasn't believing what I'm saying. I mean, you Thurman, you tell me i got to give the Baptist $15 a week? I said, yeah. But I said, God said it right here. And if you don't, you're a thief and he's going to curse you with a curse. And I said, that's where you're at right now. So he repented. He started giving $15 a week. And it wasn't long. He was able to give $20 a week. And, of course, I'm on the counting committee in the church. And I see the checks coming in. And all of a sudden, he's giving $25 a week. And I thought, wow, praise God. And I'd say, I said, Lord, blessing you. Yeah, he sure is. One day he called me and said, Thurman, i got a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I can't afford to tithe anymore. I said, what do you mean? He said, my tithe would be $100 a week. And I just can't afford to give God $100 a week. I said, what? I said, you started out at $1,500. Now you're up to $1,000. And you got $1,000 a week and you can't give God $100. He said, Thurman, that's too much money. I never give God that much in my life. He said, I'm going to stop tithing. Guess what he did? When he got back down to 200 a week, he came to me and said, I have a real problem again. He said, I'm only making 200 a week now. I said, oh, so now you're back down where you can start tithing again. I said, praise God. It got his attention. I'm telling you, this time we started out, and let me tell you, today... That man started tithing. He said, Thurman, I learned my lesson. He said, I'll never do this again. He said, Lord, I repent. I don't care what you raise me to. I'll give you 10% plus of every dime you give me as long as I live. Guess what? Today, that man owns a humongous business, a big business. It's sitting on about 25 acres of land and worth millions of dollars. Isn't that amazing? Here it was, 150 a week. You know, and then got to 1,000 and he can't afford it. So back down to 200 a week. Going around that mountain. Well, that last time was his last time around. And where he, he went first and bought a place of business down here in, in the, close to Dallas in one of the little suburbs, Garland, Mesquite, or wherever it was. And he run that for years. And in the process of running that business, 
that little two or three acre, four acre track, whatever he bought and everything, got to where it was worth. Somebody come in and offered him millions for that little piece of land. And he sold it. And he went out and was able to buy 20-something acres of land and build all new buildings and build them a brand new business and had money left over. Now, see, that's God, isn't it? But see, he didn't never fail to give God the glory. Never fail to give God the tithe. And so when God, when he learned that if he trusted God and gave him 10% of everything plus, and he worshipped him and praised him, that there would be no limit to where God could put him. Because he said, I give you power to get wealth, to further my kingdom on the earth, not to fatten your pocketbook. And when you learn that everything you have belongs to God. Your health, do you know what you and I could do today without God's help? Nothing. We couldn't have walked, we couldn't even walked in here, could we, Ernest? I mean, I couldn't take a breath without God's help. I mean, you can't do nothing without God. And some people don't even acknowledge He's real. But let me tell you, He's real. And in this church, He's real. And I'm teaching you He's real. And when you, when we pray, I expect Him to do what He promised to do in His Word. And I expect it to happen. And He does it, doesn't He? He does. And when you expect it, that's what He's going to do. And when you walk out of here after we pray for you, you've got to not forget who He is. Because if you forget who He is, you're going to be back down sick again. You, know, you cannot, when you got sick in the first place, I'm going to tell you, Technically speaking, we had forgot who God was and were not obeying Him or we would have not been sick. Now, we don't like to hear that. I know we don't like to hear it, but I can prove it to you in the Word. So if you're sick, if you have a problem, all you've got to do is repent of your sins and start believing God. And you know what? The, one of the major problems in the church today, and I'm talking about people that are in church all, all the time, that go to every service and wherever they go, is lack of knowledge of the Word and then unbelief of what they do read. Because just like I told James that day, James, as far as I know, had never seen a miracle. Him and Lori, I don't know if they'd ever seen one. The way he talked that day didn't appear to have. And we took a simple scripture, Matthew eighteen nineteen, where Jesus said, If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask me for, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. Okay. We pray another little prayer for Brietta. To restore her lungs. Yeah, to restore her lungs. Let's do that right now. The, the Lord said, well, they can just stay back there if they want to. Or you can bring her up here, whatever you want to do. No, it's okay. Do what time? Okay, bring her up here. Yeah, come on up here. Bring her up here. And we will definitely pray a prayer of faith. Cause, yeah, because it's 410. I mean, when I get to talking about the Word of God, I, I, lose, I lose touch of time. I absolutely lose touch of time. Praise God. I love to see people get saved and healed and delivered. You know, I mean, at the healing school yesterday, we had some wonderful uh, people, some wonderful testimonies and everything. Uh, it, it's wonderful to see God do these things. Or, or, or we gonna, is she coming? Yeah. Yeah, this little girl, we still got to, we, we are not over all the hurdles yet. But we're going to be. Yeah, let's just. Let's just all come together. In fact, I tell you what, let's stand and let's raise our hands to the King and let's worship the King. Let's worship Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we in this church realize You 
are the head of this church. You're our king. You're our Lord. You're our God. And Lord, we're doing everything we know how to do to be in obedience to your word. We're walking in love. We're trying to do everything you tell us to do. We're reading it and we're obeying you. And Lord, now you told us if just two or three of us could agree about anything, you would do it. So Lord, we've got a whole bunch of us here. And I know most of us, if not all of us, are going to be in complete agreement with the Word of God. And Lord, we're asking you to move by the power of your Spirit right now and do a supernatural final healing of this precious little lady. And from the top of her little head to the bottom of her little feet, I ask you to make her completely whole where she can eat and drink and breathe and those little lungs and everything in her body. Lord, and I don't even want her to be normal. I want her to be supernaturally normal. I want her to grow up to be a little girl that's got such lungs she can outrun anybody on the block. Maybe anybody in school. Lord, that she can sing beautiful. She'll be able to hit high notes and do things that's beyond the average human being's ability. Use her for your glory. Lord, for your glory. You did say we could ask anything. And Lord, since you're not a normal God, you're a supernatural God, and you can do exceedingly abundantly by all we can even think or imagine. We can think or imagine these supernatural things that you might do with little Brietta. And we ask you to do that for her and do a mighty work beginning right now. Let's fix it where that she is so supernaturally strong, she don't need this oxygen, and that everything in her little body is supernaturally good right now. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And all the people said amen. Praise the King. Glory to God. Praise the King. This is what the church is all about. This is what it's about right here. Praying for one another and expecting the King to do awesome things. Right, Lori? Glory. We've seen it before. James and Lori have learned how to pray. And if i ever seen a little gal that has learned how to pray out of this. I'm telling you, this has become a prayer warrior. And her brothers, I mean that this little team of family has become a praying team because of this little girl. This little, she told me, she said, I now know what it means to pray without ceasing. <laughs> Praise the Lord, because she has been a many of ours. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for healing this child. We thank you and praise you for this beautiful day. We thank you and praise you for all these wonderful testimonies, Lord, that all these people had today. And we give you all the glory because you answered all these prayers. Thank you, Lord, for all of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, Lord, as people come forth, whatever it's for, for a decision, for Christ to come to know Him better or as Lord, or for healing, or whatever it is, we ask you to meet every person's need. And, Lord, as they come and repent of their sins and come into your kingdom and come for healing, I want to thank you in advance for saving, healing, and delivering every human being that comes forth today. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God.